107, 98, 86. Those are the ages of some of the oldest schools still in use across the country. Shockingly enough, every one of those buildings I just mentioned are all in one state, Virginia. Hello, I'm Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee Enterprises. And in this episode of Behind the Headlines, our host Terry Barr is talking with David McGee, a staff writer with the Herald Courier in Bristol, Virginia. David dove into a recent report which shows that half of Virginia's public schools are more than 50 years old. While in Bristol, Virginia, six of their seven schools are even older, including the one I mentioned earlier that is 107 years old. School leaders and lawmakers have blamed the aging building issue on budget cuts, yet David's work reveals even bigger problems like student safety, the lack of handicapped accessibility, and even basic routine maintenance. But because of David's story, there may be changes in the near future. You can find links to his articles from the Herald Courier in the show notes. But for now, here's Terry Barr going behind the headlines with David McGee. Thanks for that introduction, Chris. And joining me now, as you mentioned, we have David McGee. David is a staff writer for the Herald Courier in Bristol, Virginia. David, thanks so much for taking time to talk about this really important story you've been following. Sure, Terry. You're absolutely more than welcome. Now, uh, what we're talking about today is aging school buildings. You know, if you dive into the news, this seems to be a hot topic all across the country, but especially where you are in Virginia. Why? What is the issue with all these old school buildings? You know, it's interesting, though. The city of Bristol, Virginia, has some of the oldest school buildings in the state, and having covered them for more than a decade, I, I was aware of it, but it, it wasn't one of those things that I really focused on unless they had some kind of an issue. They, I mean, if they had a mold problem or, or some other issue like that. But last year, uh, they for the last few years, they've been trying to, to get the funding to open a new elementary school. Uh, and their plan was to close the three oldest uh, in, in the ones, the schools that were in the poorest condition uh, and move the kids into basically two elementary schools. The newest school in the city uh, was built in 1975. Uh, and it's, it, it's the other elementary school. The, the median age of, of schools in Bristol is, is over 70 years. The, the oldest school is Virginia Middle School, which is 107, 108 years old. It was built in 1914. That just <laughs> blows my mind. I'm, I'm sure it's a beautiful building, but how does a school even make it to 107 years old? Lots exactly. of maintenance, I'm assuming. The, the, the kids must not be as rough as they were when I was in school. I don't know. <laughs> but wow. Dr. Lane, the former superintendent of schools in Virginia, made a point when they did a study a year ago, the state did, and he made a point that an old school isn't necessarily a bad building. Uh, if it's well-maintained, if it's been taken care of, uh, if they've done the maintenance they need to do, uh, then it should be, you know, potentially could last for another hundred years. Uh, and that's the case with Virginia Middle. It had been updated uh, 15, 20 years ago. They did a major upgrade. And so they, they fixed things like roofs and windows and things like that. So the, the building is in pretty good shape. But some of the other buildings in the city were not. There's a school in, in Bristol called Highland View Elementary. It's got a lot of national attention. 
uh, because it, it sits in the midst of the, the poorest part of the city. 75, 80% of the kids are on free and reduced lunch. Uh, it's, a, it's very much a high poverty school, as are many schools in Southwest Virginia. Uh, it's gotten a lot of attention because they've had some very innovative lunch programs and some innovative programs to try to bring the kids up to speed. But the problem has always been that the school is, is functionally used up. And the State Department of Education on two occasions has told the city, you, you probably want to close this one. It's, it's pretty much, it's pretty much, you can't really do much more with it. You know, they've upgraded, they've fixed, they've done. And so that, that kind of was the impetus that combined with uh, the fact that many of these schools are not ADA compliant. Uh, they were built before ADA was put in place. They're grandfathered in. Uh, and the city has made some efforts to try to accomplish some of those things. Uh, but if you have a school that sits on a hillside and it's basically three or four levels and there's no elevator, there, there's really no way to fix that. Highland View is the, the oldest, second oldest school in the district. It's 85 years old. Uh, and that's, that's the one that needs to be basically started. They need to start over with that one. Uh, but... So there, there's all these issues floating around and the city of Bristol, Virginia doesn't have the money to borrow. I mean, they don't have the ability to go out and, and borrow the money. And that's that's the overriding problem, I think, in most of the districts in this part of the state. That is incredible. And you're talking about some of the regular maintenance needed, you know, small things that need to be fixed, regular fixes, I'm sure. You know, how did they even do that? How, how do they afford that? Or did they just make it work because they have to keep the doors open for the students? They, they have they've made it work. They, they have found ways. Actually, the, the pandemic uh, for all the, the negativity, uh, the, the ESSER funding uh, that has come in, in response to that because of the learning loss uh, has enabled a lot of school districts uh, to maybe catch up on some maintenance issues and and uh, like HVAC and, and air quality to try to minimize the, the spread if, if you have students in, in school that are positive for COVID. Uh, so HVAC and, and those things are, are, are considered acceptable for spending the ESSER money. If you have leaky windows or leaky roofs, uh, those are covered by ESSER. Uh, there's a whole list of school systems in Virginia that are spending that money right now. Uh, to try to bring some of those maintenance issues up to up to uh, up to par, so that's a long answer to a short question. But, <laughs> but that means I, I do that sometimes. I apologize. That's right. That is okay. I mean, this is an intense issue. There's a lot around this, so so your answers are terrific. Um, I'm assuming every school you've mentioned to this point, 107 years old, the 85, the 70, they're still all open. They are still all open and operating. Uh, they, they're full of kids today. Uh, the, as I said, the, the newest school in the, in the city is 47 years old, uh, and, uh, and there, there's another school that is 68. There's another school that's 74. That so, is incredible. Uh, it, it, it really is, and I think the thing that brought it all into focus uh, was when the state did a study last year, uh, and over 50% of the school buildings of Virginia are 50 years old or more. That's over a thousand buildings are over 50 years old. 
I'll just throw some numbers at you. I got my cheat notes out with you today. <laughs> this, this accompanied the story that you're referencing that yes. it got a lot of attention statewide because I, I really, uh, when I looked at the at the state study and looked at the numbers and started looking at our, our neighboring areas, uh, the oldest median schools age in Virginia uh, is Bland County, which is in Southwest Virginia. It's, it's not real close to Bristol. It's, it's, Kind of, kind of east of, of us, but their average, the median age of their all their school buildings together is eighty two point five years. Patrick County, which is in Southside Virginia, is eighty two years. Floyd County, which is the Floyd Fiddlers Convention, you may have heard of, it's down near yes. the North Carolina border, seventy five years. Grayson County, which is near them, seventy five years, and then Bristol checks in the fifth oldest median age in Virginia. It's seventy years for all buildings combined. Uh, and there are several other Southwest Virginia counties, Lee County, Russell County, Wythe County, that are all in the top 10. So we've got some of the oldest buildings in the state. Uh, I wonder if you have some of the oldest are. in the country in many it, it ways. It very could be, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, wow. I don't know if other states have done this, this kind of survey, but I think what drove the, the state to do it uh, the, there's been a lot of talk in the General Assembly in Virginia for the last at least four or five years uh, of trying to generate some state revenue to assist localities in, in helping with their school construction, school maintenance. The state used to provide some funding. That when the, the uh, economy went south about, what, 12 years or so ago? Right, yes. That funding went away. And the state has never replaced that funding. So the the localities, the counties, and the, and the cities have been forced to, to do that on their own. Well, if you're a large affluent county, if you're Fairfax County, Loudoun County, you're somewhere in the, the greater D.C. area, or if you're in, you know, in Richmond, in, in some of those areas, you, you've got the population, and you've got the tax base, and you've got the ability to do what you need to do to borrow the money. If, if you need to build a new building, that's fine. You can do that. If you're a small rural county, uh, if you're in what used to be the coalfield region, uh, not a lot of coal coming out of Buchanan County and Dickinson County right now. Uh, those areas do not have the financial wherewithal uh, and they don't have the population base uh, because let's face it, school construction is not cheap. No. Mm -mm. I mean, it's, you know, you're talking, I, I was looking at the Department of Education website this morning. There are three non-high schools right now being built in the state of Virginia, $91 million. So I know we've seen $30 million a piece. Yeah. We we've seen, you know, the supplies, the, the demand is so high. So they're waiting. Exactly. On the, construction, oh. construction costs are just going through the roof. Yeah. David, let me ask you, you know, as you kind of started to dig into this report, um, did you get to take a tour or, or get a, you know, an eyeball view of any of the schools in Bristol? Yeah, I've walked through uh, pretty much all of them. Uh, we actually got a behind the scenes look last year and went into the bowels of a couple of the, of the <laughs> schools to look at the heating and cooling systems and the electrical systems and things like that. Uh, and it's it's troubling, you know, uh, Highland View in particular, the one school that we're talking about, that's kind of been the example school. 
going into into there where the boiler room is, where the heating and cooling uh, system is, where the all the main electrical panels are. Uh, there are signs up that say "Don't touch anything." Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's a I warning. Don't touch right anything. There. <laughs> I follow my directions. Um, oh my goodness! It's it. I mean, I, I'm certainly not a, an engineer or a, a, any kind of a, of a maintenance expert, but it appeared to me that, that they have some pretty serious problems. Oh wow! You you have a group, and I think you've sort of alluded to them, the Virginia Coalition of Small and Rural Schools. Mm-hmm. You know, what is their effort behind um, trying to at least fix or maybe even get rid of some of the old school buildings? They have uh, they've been very active and very vocal uh, working with the General Assembly. Uh, they have, I've in some cases, helped drive the bus on raising awareness. Uh, and it's it, it has worked out for me because the, their chairman is my superintendent here in Bristol. Carrigan ah. uh, is is over that group, and he helped. He he worked with with uh, a lot of the the school leaders in different parts of the state, and they've kind of come together. Uh, so you have you have these small districts from all over Virginia. Uh, it started out; it was primarily in Southwest Virginia, this this end of the state, and uh, they they've allied themselves with all these other school districts that have very common problems and very common issues. Uh, so they've become a they. I I want to say they've got like seventy member districts or something like that. So they they've got a loud voice now in Richmond. So when they speak, they you know the lawmakers are listening. Uh, so they've helped raise that awareness. Uh, Delegate Israel O'Quinn, who is from here in Southwest, uh, has had legislation put in for the last several years, trying to raise a, trying to raise some money, uh, trying to allocate some money so the state can help districts. Uh, there's been a lot of efforts, uh, and this past year, the small and rural schools actually organized a tour in the summertime for state lawmakers in different parts of the state. Here, let us show you the problems. And so they invited lawmakers to tour some of these crumbling schools that that had, you know, very poor conditions. And, you know, is this where you would want your children or your grandchildren to attend class? Perfect. Some, sometimes showing is is the most positive way to, you know, to educate someone. Exactly. And I, I think that's what they were doing. They were educating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your story, your initial story was very educational, very eye-opening. What was the response? And I know you've continued to cover this issue, obviously, but what was that response when you got your hands on that report and you were actually able to put that in the paper and let people know what was really going on? It was very well read. Um, Got a lot of feedback from a lot of different corners of our coverage area. Um, I think a lot of people knew there was a problem. I don't know that they realized the problem was as widespread as, as it is. I don't know that they fully appreciated um, how expensive that it was. And that was one of the things that we touched on in the story uh, is because the construction costs have continued to rise. Uh, you, you mentioned the supply chain that it's only going to make things worse. Uh, as these schools, as we come out of the pandemic and some of these school divisions maybe, you know, come to the, if they come to their, to their voters and say, hey, we want to try to, we want, you know, we, can we borrow some money to build a school? You know, it's going to cost more today than it's ever cost. But yeah, we, we got a lot of good feedback from that. Um, one of the schools that we, that we focused on 
uh, was Dickinson County, which is a, a, a small rural district near the, the Kentucky state line. Uh, and they were actually able to build some new schools. They're one of the few, uh, but Haiti Robinson, who is the superintendent up there, uh, was very innovative uh, and found basically that she went to, to her county board of supervisors and, and various folks in her school board. And they're like, we don't have the money and we don't think we'll ever have the money. Uh, but she had some schools that were in flood zones. And so she was able to find and secure some federal funding to address some of those needs. And once they did that, then the locals were able to help pay part of it. And I think that's the thing that I don't know if people fully appreciate. The school districts aren't looking for a handout, borrow the cliche, they're looking for a hand up. If you'll help us pay for it, we'll help pay for it too. But, you know, we can't we can't afford the entire the entire cost. And it's got to be all about the kids, you know, bottom line. I know it's finances, but just for the kids future, too. Um, I, I, I got to ask you, because I know you've been watching this, covering this throughout this whole thing. Where are uh, the schools now? Where is this situation? Well, locally, we have breaking news. Should I do the ding, 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 ding? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A little, uh, a little uh, audio sounder that the right. radio stations used to use, you know. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, as of literally within the last 24 hours, uh, last night, my school board, my Bristol Virginia school board, uh, voted unanimously uh, to approve a, a series of funding agreements. Uh, the The city... The school board brought forth a, a package several years ago, and it was called PPEA, and it's a public-private opportunity to build buildings, basically. And the, the school looked at it, the city looked at it, the city was uncomfortable with it. Uh, the city actually found some alternative funding, uh, and so the, the city's IDA, the Industrial Development Authority, has agreed in principle, they've got to vote on it next week. Okay. <laughs> Nothing's done yet, but they've, they've agreed in principle uh, to, to borrow the bond money. Uh, it will not count against the city's debt because the city has all kinds of financial issues that they're still trying to work through. Um, and that will enable, if everything happens the way it's supposed to, uh, the doors of a new school should open in uh, 2024. How about that? So it'll be almost 50 years, almost 50 years. Oh, and any of the funding include any of the COVID relief aid that, that was being doled out by the feds? Any of that? I don't need to mention that. Okay. I don't need to mention that. Uh, there, there's a round in, in the, the last round of funding that the schools got last year, the funding could be used for construction, but the state urged the schools not to consider doing that because it had a very short deadline on it. Uh, in other words, the money had to be spent by a certain date. Oh, not even earmarked, spent. Exactly, okay. as in spent, as in committed. And so uh, there was there was a lot of conversation about that, and and the school board here was very aggressive with it, and and they went back to the superintendent of schools in or in Virginia, and said, okay, if we can get this done and we can get the school open by X Y Z date. The state said, yeah, you can do it. We don't, we don't think it's a good idea, but you can do it. And so they allocated $2 million of their COVID money to go toward this new school. And so 
through all the, the processes that, that have been, uh, it actually has been delayed. And so they went back to the state and said, okay, can you give us a waiver? <laughs> and the state agreed. Uh, ah. and so and so they they are will be allowed to to use that money uh, and help pay what uh, looks like now it's going to be about a twenty five million dollar elementary school. So that that solves that solves a lot of the city's school problems uh, because they will close those three older schools that that had all the issues that we talked about and be able to to send the kids to a a, a much more modern facility. That's one success story, but then you look around and you see other counties and other other localities that maybe don't have that opportunity, that maybe don't have a, a council or an IDA that is has the ability to step up and do that. Uh, and so there's there's some funding in the state budget if it gets approved. Uh, the state budget is still a work in progress in Richmond, um, so maybe some of these other schools some, can get some relief too. Maybe there's there's a happy, maybe there's a happy ending somewhere down the road here. David, thank you for, you know, doing the hard work out there, getting the news out for everybody. And once again, what you're doing, it, it's making a difference. It, it made people at least have to sit up and take a look at those numbers and understand that there's kids behind those numbers. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And you know what? I guess we're going to have to check back in with you to see how this moves forward. This is Please not do. over. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Again, thanks to uh, David McGee for uh, taking time to take us behind the headlines. I'm Terry Barr. As you heard, David is currently following up on what looks to be a vote to tear down three of the older schools and build a new one. It would be the first time in years that the issue is receiving public support. If you want to learn more, we'll have links to David's articles from the Herald Courier in the show notes. And if you appreciate what we're doing with this program, we encourage you to invest in local journalism and support the Herald Courier or whichever newspaper serves your community. I'm Chris Lay, and for Terry Barr and myself, thank you for listening to our Behind the Headlines podcast from Lee Enterprises. Should I do the ding, 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 ding? <laughs> yeah. Okay.